On Sunday, I spoke from a verse of scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19. I'd like to read that, but then I'm going to jump to one of the Psalms. Psalms are songs, and we're dealing with the soundtrack. So Ephesians 5 and 19 says, Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And as I was thinking about this and praying about this and wondering about Bible study, God directed my heart to Psalm 42. And we want to look at verse 11 kind of as our text. Now, psalms are songs. They're songs. So this verse, you can kind of break it down into three parts for our Bible study about a new mental soundtrack. And we need that because there's a lot of crazy stuff going around and circumstances happening in our lives. So Psalms is kind of in the middle of the Bible in the chapter 42 and verse 11. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. This dad said, you know, I've got lots of kids and they treat me like I'm God. And like his friend said, really? He said, yeah, they only come to me when they need something. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of times that people, they only do come to God when they need something. But there is a God that wants us to have a new soundtrack in our hearts and in our minds. And Psalm 42, uh, different commentaries speculate that it was written by David when he was in exile. So he was kicked out of Jerusalem and he was in exile under the former King Saul. And he was also kicked out when his son Absalom took over Jerusalem. So David was kicked out. And so David wanted to go back to the temple. He wanted to go back to the presence of God. And so he was in an unfortunate situation. Well, welcome to life. Aren't we all sometimes in situations that we don't want to be in? So we want to look at three things about having a new soundtrack using that verse of scripture, Psalm 42 and verse 11. But first, I'd like to tell you about the most famous guy you've never heard of. You can all probably name a Kardashian. It's not a Kardashian. But his name is Dr. James Gills, and I read to my wife his long list of accomplishments. He's a world-renowned ocular surgeon. He's an ophthalmologist. He's an eye surgeon. And he's actually based in Florida, in Tampa. And if you've never heard of him, that's because the world doesn't place, you know, big impact on certain people. It places it on on other kinds of people. So he's written uh, 30 books. He... uh, has helped start multitudes of churches. Uh, he's, he's uh, among other things, he's a serious athlete. He's also a Christian. He donates uh, 40,000 books a month to prisons. 40,000. In fact, he's the most sought after author after the Bible in prisons. He really works with men and women in getting them to God. But he's also a serious athlete. So, He has completed six double Ironman triathlons. Now, an Ironman triathlon is a long way. So first you swim like across the St. John's River where the Buckman Bridge is. That's like 3.1 miles. But in an Ironman, you swim 2.4 miles. 
So imagine swimming across in your commute, right? So that's the first part of an Ironman, a regular Ironman. And then you bike 112 miles. And then right after that, put your running shoes on and run a marathon. But a double Ironman is twice the distance. So you've got 4.8 mile swim, 224 mile bike ride, 52.4 mile run. And he's run like 14 100 mile runs as well in the mountains. Okay, this guy is a serious athlete. How did he do it? Well, someone asked him, how did you complete that? And this is where I want to deal with having a new soundtrack. He said, I have learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. Now, you've got to listen to what I'm saying here. He said, if I listen to myself, I hear all the negative thoughts, all the complaints, all the fears, all the doubts, all the reasons why I shouldn't finish the race. Boy, isn't that like serving God. But if I talk to myself, I can feed myself with the words and encouragement I need to finish the race. So he would memorize scripture and he would recite it to himself and he would speak to himself when he needed that mental boost. And you know, there's a real good introduction into when we're facing things and we're going through things. We can speak the word. Didn't Paul say to Timothy, preach the word. And we find that in the beginning of the Bible, what are the first words of Jesus Christ? How do you know it was Jesus and not the Father? How do you know it was Jesus and not the Spirit? Because Jesus is the word of God. And the Bible said, and God said, let there be light. And it said, and there was light. But it was dark beforehand, but the word of God has transformative power, doesn't it? So the word of God needs to be our soundtrack. When everything else is dark, we need to not listen to the voices out there, but speak the word of God. So having the word of God is our soundtrack. The first of all, let's look at the diagnosis. So we're going to look at diagnosis, direction, and determination. Three Ds, right? Divide this up into three. The psalmist said, why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. You know, it's interesting. Have you ever had uh, lights pop up on your car? You've got all these lights that aren't supposed to be on, and they turn on, you know? Check engine, oil, all these other things. They're not supposed to be there. I remember one stayed on in my car for so long, I put a picture of Reverend Patterson's daughter in front of it, and it was just backlit, you know, because it, was, it just never went off, the check engine light. So I found out what it was for, said I'm not paying to fix it, so it just stayed on, and it was a backlight for a photo of Mariana like 10 years ago. But when, I know that's redneck, but we do live in Florida, okay? <laughs> But when things go wrong, you realize it, right? The, the psalmist in the beginning of, the, of Psalm 42, he said, As the heart or the deer pants after the water brick, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. And the deer would actually evade their predators. If it was a wolf or a hunter, and they would go into the river, and they would submerge themselves in the river, and they could float downstream and get away, and the hounds couldn't track their scent when they were in the water. Plus, water's good to drink. So they, it was a sense of more than just 
water, though. It was security for that deer. And then he said, my soul thirsteth for God. I've got a desire for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? And it said, my tears have been my meat day and night. Sometimes you lose your appetite when you're going through something, right? While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? You know, a lot of people, they're not atheists. They're just like Nebuchadnezzar. They're like, who's that God that's going to deliver you out of my hands? You know, the people that don't believe God, they're like, how's God treating you now? Man, that's not what you need. Where's your God now that you talk about in church? You know, those are the people. They don't deny that there's a God, but they're saying, they're mocking him and saying, why is it? That's what the people that were around David that way. And you don't need those people but they're there, aren't they? Welcome to Facebook and Twitter, right? But he said, when I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me, for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the joy, voice of joy and praise with the multitude that kept holy day. So he's running a diagnostics on his car, if you please. That's like how you run a diagnosis to identify what's wrong, a disease, an illness, a problem in your car. You run diagnostics. You hook up this little machine and it prints you out a code and you go look in the book or you go to the auto parts store and they say, this is what's wrong. Well, David already knew the diagnostics, didn't he? He said, I need a touch from God. He, he knew why things were going down in his life and he knew what he needed. You know, it's interesting. I've shared this before, but my wife was teaching many years ago. Actually, it was Brent's daughter when she was like four or three and we were trying to remember her name ask brent what his daughter's name she's probably 20 riona rihanna it was many moons ago probably 15 16 years ago 17 years ago yeah she can probably she's probably over 21 now well asked her some they were going over some review and asked her a biblical question and i think the answer might have been something like noah or something and so you know, they asked the little kids, what's the answer? The answer was like, no. And so she like raises her hand or whatever. She goes, Jesus. And she's like, no, that's not the answer, you know. And uh, so they asked another question and the answer was not Jesus. The answer was like, you know, I don't know, the ark. Okay. I don't remember because I wasn't in there. But the little girl goes again, you know, raises her hand or whatever, shouts out, Jesus. And so my wife was telling me about it. And she said, you know, this little girl, she thinks Jesus is the answer for everything. And then her eyes kind of opened up because that is the exact thing. Regardless of the problem, the answer is Jesus for everything. So she had, we've been speaking about that child's wisdom for the last 15 or 16 years. David knew that he needed a touch from God. And you know that our heart knows it. When we're going through something, all we need is to get a touch from God. Man, if everything else falls apart, just let me get something from God. I was reading in Exodus chapter 34, and that's when Moses went up into the mount, okay? And God gave him the Ten Commandments. And he was there for 40 days, right? He was just him and God. And God was talking to him and, and he was, uh, God was writing the Ten Commandments out and fellowshipping with Moses. Well, it says here in verse 29, And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mount that Moses wist not, or he didn't know, 
that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. So his, you know, like those luminescent watches or whatever, but it wasn't some kind of beauty cream or something like that. But Moses had like a face like, you know, just, just the, the rays of light would shoot out from it from reflecting the very glory of God that he was around for 40 days and 40 nights. But he didn't know it. And so he's walking out and people are just like freaking out and everything. So he put a face mask on, right? He put a veil on his face, right? Kept six feet distant. No, he put a veil on his face so he wouldn't freak people out because the skin of his face shined. And God began to deal with my heart. You know, he didn't know it. But when you're in the presence of God, God is doing things in your life you don't even understand. And you might not realize what God has done in your life when you're in his presence until somebody else points it out to you. Man, you have changed. Lady, you've changed. You used to do all this and you're like, huh, I have changed. And you didn't even realize it. But that presence of God is what we need. And David realized in the diagnosis, I need to be around God. I need God to make a difference. You know, that Jesus realized that the diagnosis and when all of these voices came in, remember when he was led by the spirit up into the wilderness? And who was there? So it was a different 40 days, right? And 40 nights. Jesus fasted. Now this is the New Testament. No food, no water. He wasn't drinking smoothies, okay? No food and no water. And, uh, or at least no food. You fast, you can drink water, okay? But not like muscle milk, okay? That doesn't count with all the calories, just water. And it said when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was, an, he was afterward and hungered. So here's your circumstances, right? The diagnosis is I am hungry. I am lonely. And who comes? Not the Archangel Michael, not Gabriel, the devil, right? I remember when I was working in uh, Orlando, I was working for a trash company. And we were getting out all this paper trash. You're like like the trash guys hanging on the back of the trucks. But I was working emptying office trash. And so we were at, I think, McDonnell Douglas. We were at this big facility. And uh, it was Halloween, kind of like now. But it was like... 2000 okay and there was a guy he was uh he had this like pitchfork and he had the little horns and everything and because the employees grown-ups could dress up and go to work this isn't grammar school this is like defense contractors whatever so anyway so he's walking around there and i said i looked at him and i said you're superman you're um batman and he looked at me and he kind of you know like don't you know who i am he's like I'm the devil! And I was thinking, right, but the devil doesn't have horns and the devil doesn't wear red. I didn't say any of that. But you know, the devil, he wants to come to you, the real devil, without the horns, without the pitchfork. Very, very enticing. And the devil said, here's the doubt. If you be the son of God, man, what a father of lies, right? He was the son of God. He didn't need the devil to validate him. You know, a lot of people, you know, you get a a dopamine hit if someone likes your thing on Facebook. It's actual, it's an actual drug. It goes, oh, someone liked my, my, my Facebook post. But you don't need validation from other people to be what God said you are. And, you know, there's a lot of voices coming out there. There's a diagnosis. So Jesus was hungry. Jesus didn't have anyone around him. But 
It says, he said, command these stones be made bread. And I like what he said. Jesus spoke and answered the lies of devil with the soundtrack, the word of God. He said, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, it goes out, he tempts him again. And the third time it says, in verse 9, he said, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. You know what that makes me think of? Star Wars. In Star Wars, you have the force, right? It's this power, and there's the good force, and there's the evil force. And I know that that's not a direct representation of the Holy Ghost. I understand that. But there is good, and there's evil in the world. And you know that Luke was being enticed by the enemy who happened to be his dad, right? Man, deadbeat dad, right? Didn't even raise him. Darth Vader, right? And he said, Luke. It was actually James Earl Jones, right? He goes, Luke, come to the dark side. Luke, we have donuts. You know, he didn't say that, but he said, Luke. He was doing just what the devil did. Just do a little curtsy, Jesus. Just do a little bow. Just a little bow. You don't have to bow all the way down. And I'll give you everything because it's mine. I'm the prince and the power of the air. You know, the devil will make you an offer. And when he'll make it to you, right, when you're hungry, when you're down, when you're by yourself. And I like what Jesus said. He said, get the hence in the 2021 Redneck Edition. Hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back. No more, no more. It is a soundtrack, right? Hit the road, Jack. He said, for it is written. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And then they said the devil left, and angels came and ministered unto him. I wonder if the angels brought donuts. And like Jesus like, which one of you brought donuts? Because I need fellowship and I need food. But we find that the diagnosis is we need to have God's word, even though the circumstances are crazy. If we notice that we're down, keep the word of God as your soundtrack. Let the word of God be the new soundtrack, even though the circumstances can be crazy. Circumstances do get crazy. That's called life, right? But then we also need to have the right direction. So the diagnosis was, he's like, why is everything crazy? And then he said in verse 11, hope thou in God. So he had a direction. He said, you know what? I can make a choice. Serving God, you know, you really have to be a thinker to serve God. And I, I love going to church conferences. I talk to preachers that don't agree with me. I mean, they don't agree, agree with me about the vaccine. They don't agree with me about different Bible scriptures. And you know what? That's okay. You know why? Christians are thinkers. We're not just like all this big, in a big you know, collective mind bus. Every Christian is a thought leader because they listen to what God says and they search out the scriptures uh, for themselves. And so it's awesome to be around Christians. Man, you learn all kinds of stuff. I don't think you should walk around saying, I know everything. Now, you're not going to want to learn everything from someone, but you can learn something from everyone. You can learn something from everyone. You can even learn how not to be, right? You can learn something from everyone. So the psalmist said, hope thou in God. He said, I'm going to make up my mind. I'm just going to hope in God. You know, that's a choice. Hope is a choice. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, and uh, verses 1 to 5, therefore being justified by faith. And it's really faith in Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through 
our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not that we're already in heaven, but man, it's true. Jesus died for me. He rose from the dead. Man, I can shout. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Yikes, but it does. And patience experience. If I went through it once, I can go through it again. God will bring me out. And experience, if I went through it once and God brought me out through it again, I can have hope. Hope. Hope is up. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. If I have a direction of hope in God, the psalmist said this. Let me see if I can get here. It says, Psalm chapter 5 and verse 3, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. You know, that's what we need to realize. You know, there's a difference. People talk a lot about money, right? Do you know that being broke and being poor might have the same bank balance, but they're two different things? Mm -hmm. Broke means I don't have any money. (laughs) Like someone told me, I have $1.47 in my checking account. You're broke. I mean, you're broke with a soda, you know, but you're broke, right? If that's all the money that you got. But poor is an attitude. Poor says, I never have enough. I can't do it. I, I'm, I'm never this and I'm never going to have that. You know, Christians might be broke, but you know what? I know someone with some money. I've got a father that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Isn't it Paul that said, and my God, I've got a God. He shall supply all your need. Through his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. God is all. And sometimes if God's all you have, God's all you need. And God could send some ravens, not the Baltimore ravens. God could send some ravens and he could feed you anywhere he wants you to be fed. God can just have someone say, hey, God laid this on my heart to give this to you. And all of a sudden you have money. I mean, we found money just walking in the street. We were walking down by the mall like 20 bucks. Praise God. I wonder if it was some sinner like, I ain't paying my tithe. The money flies out of their, uh, out of their window. And they're like, hey, <laughs> go to the preacher anyway. Amen. God has done that. God has done that. I've seen businessmen not, not give me money, but that they, 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 God has laid on their heart. And they're like, hey, come into my office. Here, take this. I'll write you a check or whatever. Not for me, but for the church. Why? God touches people's hearts. The Bible said, give and it shall be given unto you. It's a promise by Jesus. If Jesus said it, man, you can take it. Some people say, I don't believe the words of Paul. Well, Jesus said this. <laughs> give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. When you're too lazy to take your trash, right? You just press it down. You shake it together because you don't want to go outside and put your shoes on. But that's how God's going to fill up the blessing. And then it says, running over anyway. So shall, listen, men give unto your bosom. You don't have to go solicit it. You don't have to say, well, I sure am hungry. You know when people are listening to you? No, that's, that's being a mooch, okay? Christians aren't mooches. But I have prayed, and I remember watching the phones where I used to work, and uh, 
I said, man, God, you know, I had food and I had money, but I was just hungry. So what did I say? God, I'm hungry. You know, I just, you know, I'd like some food. I mean, just kind of praying. And they came back from dinner and they're like, hey, we got all this extra, you know, like fried this and fried that because it's the South, right? Do you want it? And I was like, yes. And I'm just rejoicing and eating all this good fried food that I was too cheap probably ever to buy. But it was so good. But it was even better that God answered my prayer like he'll answer your prayer. Hope thou in God. Okay, so hope looks up and then hope passes things on to others. You know, we, when we have a hope, Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, I'm mindful of your tears. Did you know that? You know, we go through things. He said, preachers never cry. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what, where, where, how long you've been serving God, but I've been through ups and downs and valleys and dark times and you never cried? I mean, no, don't raise your hand. It's on audio. No one's going to, no one's, but I have. And I've been frustrated. Timothy was. Say, well, Jesus, Jesus never cried. It's in there. He wept. He was frustrated over people not believing him, but even Jesus cried. Man, if Jesus is a cry, he could, he, he's a real man, okay? You could cry and still be a man, okay? And women, believe it or not, they cry, right? So, <laughs> oh, right. I think this brother had just got married and he said something like, he said, brother, and I've been married all of like a year or something. He goes, brother, what do you do when they cry? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what to tell you now. And it's been 20 years. Don't say anything dumb. Okay. <laughs> don't say anything dumb. I need to tell myself that. Right. So, but he said to Timothy, I know you got tears going on, but he said, he said, look, he said, um, in verse 6, this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, he said, he said, I know, your, I, know, I know your faith. It was in your mom. It was in your grandma. He said, I put thee in remembrance. You know, we have to remember God is real, and the God that saved us is the God that can keep us. And that's what Paul told Timothy. You got to have the right soundtrack, Timothy. He said, stir up the gift of God, which is in thee. He said, you've just got to stir up those scriptures. You've got to stir up that preaching. Timothy, remember what you preached Sunday morning? Stir it back up, right? Stir it back up when you're going through something. Preach to yourself. Have you ever done that? I've preached to myself before. Just in the car, you know, just preaching to yourself. And then the Bible said, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but love, excuse me, but of power and of love, and of a sound mind. Well, how do you get that stuff? You just stir up the soundtrack from the word of God and you get the power and you get the love and you get the sound mind. There's that uh, song, sing this chorus. I uh, went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. I took back the love. I took back the joy. We need to take that back with the soundtrack. We need to take back our experience in God. The last thing with two minutes is determination. We need to have a made up mind. So Psalm 42 verse 11, it said, for I shall yet praise him. You know, he just had a made up mind. He said, well, guess what? I'm going to praise God. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. You ever said that to someone? Uh, 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 uh. It goes in any country in the world, right? You can just put your own vocabulary, your own spin. But as like David was telling himself and telling the devil, I'm just going to praise God. Like Job said, Job said, though he slay me, 
Yet will I trust him. I'm just going to have a made-up mind to serve him. I've got a new soundtrack in here, and I'm just going to praise God. Like this optimist. He was uh, looking at this book. It said, how to solve 50% of life's problems. The optimist said, sounds good. And he bought two of them. That makes 100%. Anyway, so. But the Bible says that God... God can do it. And the Bible says that we can have the right soundtrack. We can have a new soundtrack. We can believe that the God that saved us can keep us from falling because it says so. We can believe that he said, you know what? I won't leave you. I won't forsake you, but I'm with you even unto the end of the world. And you know, sometimes when things go crazy... We just need to turn up the radio and turn up the soundtrack and say, well, circumstances stink, but circumstances don't change the reality of God. And we, we sang this to, to leave you with this. We sang this, well, they sang this uh, quartet song years ago, and I haven't heard it in a conference years ago because there hasn't been a quartet for, what, 10 or 15 years or something. But the chorus said, I've got my foot on the rock and my mind's made up you know that's what we have to do though i walk through the lonely lonely valley though i drink from the bitter bitter cup when the devil comes a knocking showing me another way i stand right square on my feet i throw my head in the air i look him straight in the eye and say my foot's on the rock and my mind's made up but with heads bowed and eyes closed, we're going to dismiss in prayer. Put a new soundtrack in your life. Let it be the word of God. Why art thou disquieted within me? The psalmist said, hope thou in God. He said, yep, will I praise him. I'm just going to praise him. God is going to come on the scene. At this time, we're going to dismiss in prayer.